Welcome to No Church Answers, the weekly Christian podcast for men. We're not pastors, just regular guys looking to model positive Christian leadership in our work, families, church, and communities. Want to discover ways to apply scripture effectively in everyday life? Tired of the pat answers in Sunday school? Then settle in for a gritty, authentic, and unexpectedly funny Christian podcast. And now, No Church Answers. And welcome to No Church Answers. This is a Christian roundtable discussion for men. This is podcast number 280. Hard to believe. And we're glad you're here. And where is here? Here is Sugarland, Texas. So grab a globe, spin it around, and bang! Not sure where you ended up, but spin it around. Find Texas. Southeast side of Texas is Houston. Southwest side of Houston is Sugarland, and that's where we're at. You know, we're not pastors. We're just regular guys and each on our own spiritual journey, meeting daily challenges. Hey, just like you. And that's why we're here. We're having a spiritual discussion for men, and we are taking church answers. And we're glad that you've joined us. You know, this podcast has been called Authentic, Gritty, and Unexpectedly Funny. So we're really glad that you checked us out. And it's available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. And we, as a group, are on Facebook, YouTube, or at nochurchanswers.com. So go ahead and rate our podcast, and you can leave a review. And we, sincerely, we just this wouldn't be possible without your support. So thanks so much. At this time, I'm going to jump right in and uh, introduce the panel. He is a former world-class policy writer and a current professional gambler. He's the show producer, Mr. Steve Ditch. Hey, yo. Steve. Hey, Steve. And he is a former prosecutor and attorney, kind of the group historian. Uh, we call him the judge. It's Michael Cropper. Hey, Mike. Hey, hey, Mike. And with an excuse absence from his wife because he's in the Mecca of Tulsa, uh, <laughs> Professor Robert Koshu is out today. And I'm Bill Cox. I'm basically a salesman, right now a caregiver for my wife, and uh, kind of like uh, the host of this. And with that, we're going to go ahead and jump right in, and uh, I'm going to pass, uh, pass it off to our producer, Mr. Steve Ditch. Okay, yes, we're uh, continuing our look at First uh, Peter, the first letter of Peter. We're using uh, as a study guide, Connect 360, Hunger for Holiness, Living Pure in an Impure World, published by GC2 Press. And last week, we looked at uh, kind of what makes a Christian a Christian, and, and this is a good follow-on to that, because uh, really it's how do we as Christians understand Jesus, Jesus Christ, Jesus of Nazareth. Um, and in this particular section, uh, Peter calls Jesus the living stone, uh, the foundation, uh, the cornerstone, um, something that appears also in Paul, but ironically, maybe not so ironically, the author of the lesson uh, asks uh, if if Peter's having a little fun, because in Greek and Aramaic, whether it's Petros or Cephas, uh, it means rock, which is the name Jesus uh, selected for for Peter during during his ministry. So we'll talk a little about that. I'm going to kick it over to Mike and and uh, and basically so he can give us some more background. <laughs> okay. Get out of this, Pat. <laughs> All right, uh, folks. Much of Peter as we've covered so far, spoken in generalities. I was making comment to the guys right when we've started. Um, you see the big pictures. Uh, uh, we have a men's class here at Sugarland Baptist. Bill led it for many, many years, and Bill reminded us in the men's class that much of the things we study in the Bible are virtues. That is, they're, to me, they're extremely difficult targets to hit, okay? It's important to aim for these virtues so we may reach a level above where we presently are and we have a target by which we aim our life. So in last week's podcast, Bill also mentioned that many athletes train a lifetime to achieve a success that is short-lived. For instance, if you're mountain climbing, you get to the top of the mountain, Mount Everest, uh, wherever, uh, you're only there for a couple of minutes especially on Mount Everest because you can die because above 26,000 feet you're in what's called the dead zone. And the same thing with snow skiing, folks. You train all your life and your ski run only lasts, what, a minute? If you're lucky, something like that. So, so 
their experience winning lasts only just a few minutes, but their fame and glory may last a lifetime. Well, the same thing Bill was exper expressing to us is that we've got to train our entire life to do our best to serve Christ. And he didn't say this, but to me, when you do get, and when you finally f figure it out, it's probably the end of your life. <laughs> but <laughs> we know that it's a lifetime by which we try to serve the Lord and which we try to grow in the Lord. Well, anyway, Peter starts today's text with some potent advice on what thoughts and actions we should avoid. And most of us Christians want to avoid these ill emotions and detestable conduct, but we must reprogram our instincts to avoid the situations because old habits are difficult to break. So some of us were raised by dads who came through World War II and we were taught not to turn the other cheek or keep our thoughts virtuous. So anyway, how do we grow as questions? And like uh, Steve said, this is about who is Christ really? So Bill? And with that, I'm going to go ahead and uh, read the scripture this time. It's uh, 1 Peter 1, 23 and 2, uh, 1 through 10. For you have been born again, not of perishable seed, but of imperishable, through the living and enduring word of God. Therefore, rid yourselves of all malice and all deceit, hypocrisy, envy, and slander of every kind. Like newborn babies crave pure spiritual milk, so that by it you may grow up in your salvation. That you have tasted that the Lord is good. As you come to him, the living stone, rejected by humans, but chosen by God and precious to him, you also, like living stones, are being built into a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood, offering spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. For in scripture it says, See, I lay a stone in Zion, a chosen and precious cornerstone, and the one who trusts in him will never be put to shame. Now to you who believe, this stone is precious, but to those who do not believe, the stone the builders rejected has become the cornerstone and a stone that causes people to stumble and a rock that makes them fall. They stumble because they disobey the message, which is also what they were destined for. But you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession, that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. Once you were not a people, but now you now you are the people of God. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. As I was going through the uh, show notes, and maybe these aren't really appropriate, um, after I read the scripture, you know what I'm saying? I mean, you prepare and then you write something that you think that's fairly profound, and actually it's really... It's, real, time, it's yes. really not. Yeah. But um, the crazy thing about this is nobody is born Christian. You are not. It's not like being born white. It's not born white, black, whatever. You're not born Christian. You choose. You choose it. And the crazy thing about it is once people choose it and then they start wrestling with it. <laughs> you, you, you know what I'm saying? It's almost as if if you didn't, if you're going to wrestle with it, then why did you choose it in the first place? You know, it's kind of like buying a car and saying, I'm going to buy a Chevy because it's safe. You know, I don't think it's really that safe. I'm going to run it into a wall and see if it is actually <laughs> safe. Well, well, my experience is a little different. I, I think, I, I think you're, you choose Christianity, you're going to start wrestling. That's, yeah, That's you don't the whole. Know that the time you choose it, do you? No, no, See, no, oh, no, no. Okay. Actually, good point. okay, good point. Right, yes, right, but I, I think very good. I, I think because yeah. this is this is the essence of of this letter and yeah. and and maybe even the letter of James we looked at last year. Mm -hmm. You're you're going to have to confront your old values and and your old habits and. We, we can we can 
we can put the dramatic spin on it that 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 Peter does the impurity, which which I don't think is just you know having sex before marriage. Impurity is everything associated with this culture, even the stuff you like. And we've ta- that's what I, we talked last week about how how easy it is to you know push away the stuff you're not tempted to. And oh, make right. judgments about people oh, who yeah. who do things like you know who gamble away. by, you know you never have the urge to gamble, uh, but you're wrestling with your past, your your past self in many ways. The things you liked that you know really aren't good for you. They are not spiritual. You've got to put them aside, and. Uh, too often we think of these as, as, you know, the easy part is the stuff we're not tempted by. The hard stuff is what we're tempted by, and the, 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 the tendency is to try to rationalize it, to make mm-hmm. exceptions for it. Mm-hmm. Well, so I think it is a wrestling uh, for me. Uh, no question about it, but it, the thing about it is to me that most people don't understand you are on this journey. Just because you're a Christian doesn't mean all of a sudden you jumped in a cable car and you're getting pulled along. You are going to be out there in the world slugging it out, especially if you're a guy, and even maybe even bringing some more criticism on you for your decision. However, if you know anything about Christianity, pretty good chance um, the reason why you picked it was because of love of forgiveness, of the things that will help you reconcile your past, but also give you hope for the future. And that's and, and the hope can be as simple as tomorrow's not gonna suck as bad as today does. You know, I mean that it's just a little we bit hope. better. <laughs> we hope. Right. We hope right. And 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 that with it you get a little bit of community. So if you think about 2,000 years ago when this Mm -hmm. was revolutionary, this was essentially a safety net for society when there wasn't one, a kind of an informal safety net of people that were kind, helpful, they would comfort you, and they cared about you when you were hurt, when you were... uh, financially physically it's something that was totally different so it was it was a uh, collection of people that actually could more or less depend on each other even though they weren't blood related and I think that is the that that's the huge difference because they were related by like-mindedness it doesn't change your life uh, or, or living as you live it changes your direction. Uh, myself, I'm thinking to myself, just like you said, Bill, what drew me to Christ was the love of a lot of Christian young people that, that showed me you can be happy and not do bad things, not do drugs, not do whatever, um, not act, act too crazy. We do act crazy. Okay, but not act real crazy. But anyway, the fact is they drew, they drew me into Christ because I felt their love. Now, I'll tell you what, looking back right now, it's a good thing God doesn't dump all this knowledge on you because I might not have stayed in the Christian church. You learn a little bit at a time. But what you learn, he gives you enough to survive and exist and desire more. And and that that's how I look at my life. Each time I learn a little bit about God or a lot about God, I, do, I grow in my desire to learn more about him. And, and otherwise, uh, boy, if I'd have known, like I said, whenever I first accepted Christ, that, there, that it includes the universe, includes everything, and he's in everything we do and will guide us in everything we do, there is so much vastness to it and so much knowledge that I have to learn. I've probably learned the head of a pen, and the, the amount of knowledge to learn about God is the size of this room, which is pretty good, big size. So anyway, um, yes, the part that draws you into Christ is, is the love we feel from fellow Christians, and they're sympathizing and they're helping us every chance they can do. But but you guys are looking at it with two thousand years of perspective. You you Bill, you're talking about 
you know, it, it, the, the safety net or where people could go. I, I think that was the whole revolutionary part of this, the whole radical aspect of this. Because even today, even today it's still, you know, you can do this concentric circles. Self, immediate family, extended family, neighborhood, nation, all of that and 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 you're you're all you're you're building not maybe not concentric circles but concentric walls and or with little bitty gates in them and uh and i think it's been that way it, it was that way that much in in 2000 years ago as it is now we have more communications a wider reach but that's what that's what christianity brought in and that's what i think Peter's getting at here. You're you're part of a new nation. Maybe he's putting it in those terms: a new nation, a royal priesthood, a chosen people. You now, you now, all you people who four months ago or a year ago wouldn't have wanted anything to do with with the other guy. Here you are together, and you're in this new brotherhood, and that's what's so radical about this because it doesn't matter, and you can you can extend it or push it forward to today and look at the divisions. Uh, you know, in, in my, my father's day, you always asked, well, what kind of name was that? Uh, you know, was that Italian? Was that Irish? Who are your people? Now it's more racial uh, or more, more uh, um, north-south, Latin, Asian. Um, it's, but it's nonetheless, the, the immediate habit is to start sorting ourselves out. And who's who's on you know who's in my group, and who's who's not? We're we're sorting ourselves out by our acceptance of the Lord, and, and on top of that, we're supposed to be constantly looking to expand this nation, not close it, but bring more people to Christ. Oh, you know, this is this is the one and final world, one and final kingdom. Uh, that we are part of. And I've used this illustration many times before, but I think it's particularly appropriate here in the fact that if you are left alone, uh, your journey, a faith journey, is like going down a big old river. If you are left alone and you aren't a spiritual person, you will be directed by the winds of change and like a sailboat on that river you'll be blown side to side you'll be blown into the weeds just like everybody else however through your own personal relationship with the lord and your own personal journey and this is absolutely how i feel I am on this journey myself, and of course, I'm with some awesome people that help mentor me, and I mentor my children and people that are around me that I service, but I'm in a canoe, and I'm paddling by myself down this wide river, and I'm, yes, I'm getting affected by the winds of change, but because I have the Lord and this is my direction, I know what I'm paddling towards. I may not get as far as the sailboat will, but I certainly won't be in the brush like it will too. But each of us are on a, um, a lo that lonely journey. And when I see people ministering, I don't think of necessarily the ministers up in front of huge crowds. I think of the person that sees someone that's hurting and that can that can sense like a couple weeks ago, this poor guy was buying something uh, at Walmart and he was short like 30 cents, you know, and he was trying to decide what to give back, what to take out. Hey man, here's a buck. <laughs> you, know, you know what I'm saying? I mean, and keep the change if you got to spend it somewhere else. You, you, you know, it's being able to walk through life and not leave this huge imprint of where you were. It's walk softly and help each other. And with that, we're going to go ahead and take our first break. This is No Church Answers. We'll be right back.
Hi, I'm Bill Cox, Director of Man Up Spiritual Oasis for Men. We hope you enjoy our show as much as we enjoy doing it. But our ministry needs your support if we are to continue to bring our TV show, our podcast, our live shows to men seeking spiritual refreshment. For as little as $5 a month, you can become a patron of Man Up Spiritual Oasis. Get more details at our page on patreon.com. If you would like to support us directly, you can make a contribution through PayPal at donate at manupmedia.org. All contributions are tax deductible. We're not pastors, just regular guys. So whether you're successful or struggling, we hope to bring you the good news of God's saving grace as we share our own spiritual journeys. Please consider supporting Man Up and No Church Answers today. And welcome back. This is No Church Answers. We're here with the guys of Man Up Spiritual Oasis. And this is podcast number 280. And because I'm a builder, I've seen a lot of people build stuff and it looks like they they drew the architectural drawings on a napkin with a crayon. <laughs> the people that are serious about life use a cornerstone. It's plumb and true. And they take the time and carefully build on that. And so I think that's a great metaphor because spiritual people and everybody and all of you that are out there listening to us and your friends that are actually going to church and the, even the ones that are thinking about it are spiritual people. It's important for them to farm and to manicure that spirit. And the what better way than to have a cornerstone, an ideal that you're striving for. And I get that. <laughs> Believe me, I would like to be one. Uh, I wrestled at 185 uh, when I was in high school. I'd love to be 185, but you know what? I'm not. And I, I'm not going to be either. So it's great to have that ideal in my head. I still go to the gym, even though I'm not. And I won't get there. But you know what? That's not going to stop me from trying. And that's what people go, you're a Christian. You're a hypocrite. You swear. You get angry. You hit stuff. Hey, you know what? I'd be much worse if I wasn't. <laughs> Just want to let you know. So You you mentioned corny stuff. May I mention that right quick, Steve? That, um uh, folks, uh, and, and Bill mentioned cornerstone. We see that in the scriptures here that Christ is the chief cornerstone. Well, most of you know that if you own a home today, your house is more than likely not built on piers and beams. Very few are built on that. They're built on a slab. So to my mind, uh, and the author addresses that, he says there's two types of uh, ba building basic foundations that we're, we're dealing with today. One is a, one is a chief cornerstone and the other is a slab. And, and, and what comes to my mind, all of you will be familiar with this, will be the pyramids. They had to set a cornerstone, like Bill said, from which they pulled off all the other stones and which they, they graded the ground, how they did it back thousands of years ago, I have no idea, but they pulled off uh, a straight and a, a straight plane for which the other stones are lined up with the cornerstone, and then that cone, that stone, holds stones on top of it at an angle all the way up to the top of the pyramid, and that just amazes me. And that's what I think of the chief chief cornerstone. And and of course, Peter says, Jesus is our key, chief cornerstone. So I'm thinking of that. And then he says he's a living cornerstone. And we might touch on that too, guys, if if you want to a little bit, because I'm thinking myself. Well, those cornerstones are not alive. So the only reference he can be making to us is that Jesus is that central or that basic foundation for which we build our life on, such as the pyramid, right? And goes around in rocks and things like that. Okay, Steve. I, yeah, I, no, I, no, I he draws that. that. We should continue on that because that's essentially, we're, we're leading into that mm -hmm. with the idea of, okay, what is the cornerstone? What is the cornerstone of 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 your your belief um what is what is what is 
what is essentially driving you when you're doing yeah. all that that journey, that path, whether it's you know training or whatever. The cor- the cornerstone. He draws that now. That that language, he, he, Peter draws it from two two bits of uh, scripture. The mm-hmm. the I, from Isaiah twenty eight sixteen. That's where I will lay I I, I lay a stone in Zion. Uh, a chosen and precious cornerstone, the one in tr- trusts in him would never be put to shame. And then Psalm 118.22 is the stone the builders rejected has become this cornerstone. Mm-hmm. And he p- applies both of those to Christ. Right. Uh, and then the, the idea of the living stone is that um, Christ still lives. This is kind of where we come back to how do Christians understand Jesus He's not just a he's he's not just a dead guy we're gonna found a movement on. <laughs> that's that's I mean the the foundation is there, but the cornerstone is there, and the author of the book throws in capstone, though I have trouble finding that in scripture, kind of kind of creating this alpha omega thing. But it's 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 this living Holy Spirit that that as as the creed says proceeds from the Father and the Son, but um, which, which drives us. But the cornerstone is, is, the, is, God, is, Jesus, is Jesus and God, the, the, mm-hmm. who delivered us. And therefore, we orient, just like a building is oriented or everything is put on top of it, that, that the cornerstone is really important in that. And the building won't stand as you're putting it from back, going back to the pyramids. And this is, this is something that was distinctly understood by Peter's readers because, you know, they were building the, the temple in Jerusalem, mm-hmm. all, those, uh, all those buildings in Rome and even in the, in the provincial capitals. They were, all, they were all built the same way. They required, you know, the cornerstone or else they'd fall down. So what he's saying here to the Christians, the cornerstone is, is Jesus himself. And it lives, and it, it, can, it can motivate you. Well, the capstone, you mentioned that. I'm glad mm-hmm. you mentioned that because we didn't mention that. We always yes. mention him as a chief cornerstone. Mm-hmm. Capstone is like the top right. rock on the pyramid. It's, it's okay. what you do, and it holds, yes. and, and it, it, it distributes the weight. And so, yes. you know, they, they, you go, when, your kid, when your kid goes to, you know, um, the children's museum they always have little a little uh, you know a, a, a game where they have building blocks but they let them build an arch and to show that that last capstone keeps the arch yeah. in place together <laughs> well the, the author doesn't look at it like a roof on a house but I think mm-hmm. I believe it's a roof on a house also mm-hmm. uh, Bill you're in construction I built some houses as a carpenter and to keep the walls from falling over you have to tie them together and the, the uh, joists, the ceiling joists, that hold the walls from falling over are tied with the roof. So the roof is actually like a capstone that holds the walls together on a house that keeps it together. And folks, I don't know if you ever looked at a house being built, but, but walls are stood up. They have wind braces on them to keep them from going uh, horizontally left or right or going the way that they're, they're, uh, they're stood up. And then they have a top on it called ceiling joists, which hold them together. And then the roof holds all that together, pulls that all together. So to me, the capstone. So Jesus is the capstone. He's Alpha and Omega. You mentioned that or Bill? I, I did. I did. That's, that. Well, that kind of is yes. analogous to that. He's the, the beginning, the beginning of it, that and the cornerstone. And then he's the ending that keeps our mm-hmm. faith together as well. I think that uh, it's a little bit more uh, simplistic uh, <laughs> than that. I have to step up my game every time I come in this room with these fellows. I think of it as this way. Everybody has some kind of spirit that's going through them. Say that you're a Chevy guy, and your spirit is that you want to go to the car shows and you want to show Chevy, because that's what you're about. Well, all of your life is going to be acclimated to Chevy. You see something that is Ford and that is going to be uh, putrid. It's going to smell. It's going to be terrible. Okay? Think about being Christian. You are born again and you have this new goal. You're going to transform your life 
because you want it. So you're looking at that capstone as your brand. And as you encounter difficulties in your life where you just want to strike out (laughs) anger, you want to just do stuff that is totally in your character, but is out of the character of what you want to be and of what the Lord has put in you. That is the difference. When you become a Christian, you focus on the capstone, which is the Lord, which is there to help you through difficult situations. Not there to help you during the easy situations because you don't need help. You don't need help. It's when you're sinning and you're ready to sin and you know you are. And you just couldn't help yourself without (laughs) the Lord's help. That's why we have a capstone and that's why we have something to focus on. So our our message is a cornerstone, right? Believing in Jesus Christ. Mm -hmm. And I'm looking at verse verse 8 and it says that, and, and, and I believe you mentioned this, Steve, if they do not have Jesus as the chief cornerstone or the, the chief living stone in their life, they can stumble and fall. So I'm thinking to myself, so what practically speaking do they mean by stumble and fall? Obviously, because when you don't see a rock in your path, you fall over it. Well, if you're looking for your path, you, you may not be a believer, but if you're not a Christian, you're looking for your path, you often walk and do not fall. But then you go back and hear you back a little ways and at the end of that verse verse says they stumble because they didn't they disobey the message which is also what they were destined for so where would they stumble and fall well you go back to the first verse and of course this is very simplistic there's a lot more things we can apply to it but peter says do put away all malice deceit hypocrisy envy slander of every kind these are all desires that we seek out of selfishness when we don't have Christ as our central theme. Even if we're Christians, we try not to do that. We have to learn not to be selfish in our ways, not to be um, um, conceited and everything. Yeah, just one second. I'll let you have it. The the point is here, look at the world today and you look at the people who do not have Christ as their, their guiding stone, capstone, basic rock, basic foundation, and it's all for self-pleasure, everything they do, whether they're rich, they're poor. And what they can stumble at is that they can get themselves into trouble. It may be, that may be a very simple way of putting it, but, but many of the, the direst desires today are alcohol, drugs, right? And many, many things that can kill you. And anyway, I'll, I'll pass around if you guys want to talk about that a little bit more. Well, I... The only thing that I was going to say is this. The situations will absolutely be the same. How you interpret them is 100% different. And I'll, I had, when I was a kid, I was with my dad at a grocery store. The cashier gave me $5 too much. And I'm not a math whiz, but I know when I get $5 too much. I went out in the truck happy, and I told my dad, Dad, check this out. I got $5 too much from the cashier. Mm -hmm. And my dad goes, son, you got a choice here. You can do two things. You can keep the money. It was his mistake, okay? But he's going to work all day, and he's going to cash out his register, He's going to be $5 short. And the owner is probably going to take it out of his pay. Exactly. Now, you can just say, that's not my problem, and walk away. Or you can help him out and give it back. And I did. I gave it back. And by giving the money back, I felt more joy than I had when I got $5 extra. Mm -hmm. Because the feeling is right. And so by experiencing how good it feels to be right 
and just is a reward along the way for your Christianity. But I think there's more to it than that because anybody could feel what what you're what you're posing, positing is in just an ethical situation, so which 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 certainly Christianity comes down on the side of. But I'm going to wind it back because what you said also about about <laughs> the stumbling about Jesus as a stumbling block. Yes. It's even it's more than just drugs and alcohol. Um, Pursuing, pursuing certain things are just, at the end of the day, not going to pay off because they're ephemeral. They're, they're, they're wrong. They're, they're just not, you're not going to find happiness even through, and, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to open a can of worms here. Do you know, do you know what the, the, probably the most, the biggest idol right now in Texas might be? And Texas and taxes. No, 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 Texas. no. To idle, Texas. idle. Texas. No, in the state, in the yeah, state, okay. and maybe throughout certain parts of the southern United States. Do you know what the biggest idol is? The Our, guns. Our guns. Our guns. Our oh, guns. Our guns. And that's a huge blind spot among Christians. At least I see around in this hair because they believe they should have a gun in their house. They should believe that they have the right to fire back at anybody. Uh, that it makes them and it only it makes them feel good. All I can tell, it makes them feel good. It makes them feel secure. Although I think none of them are ready to take a life, and are would be very unhappy if they did. Um, but you know, we I there are people I've run into at the church who say they are proud to carry a weapon in church. I don't know, you know. It's more likely a parishioner will get shot rather than some stranger walking in. But we, there's, there's an idea of the culture. We, is it, that is an idol. And in the end, I think of so much tragedy that come from people who keep guns in their houses and their kid picks it up and shoots themselves. Somebody gets angry in the household, picks it up and shoots a brother, sister, husband, wife. That's, that's what happens. Nobody's saved. But, Steve, but there, I'm so, so let me give you an example. I'm just going, yeah, I'm opening a can of worms. But there's an example that if you, if I brought this argument up down in the sanctuary, I would get slammed. Sorry. We don't worship <laughs> our guns. We don't. Well, damn it, I have a right to my gun. I'm not going to argue the Constitution because, like you're, like, let's, let's wind it back. You can walk out of that, of that, uh, store and say well he he gave me five dollars too much that's his problem um no if you turned around your father basically said, no you're going to create a problem for that person it's going to come back you're not going to have to deal with it he showed you kind of how selfish you were so in the end of the day what's where, where where are we in terms of that's 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 the danger as i said at the beginning uh you know we we don't have to do sex. We don't have. We're not. We're not gay. Oh goodness gracious! Um, but we got. We have a blind spot when it, we Texans have a blind spot when it comes to guns. What's what's the message when you carry around a gun rack in the back of your truck? What's the message you are sending about where your security, where your safety, where your faith is? You know, we are going to come back to that. This is uh, no church answers, and we are jumping in the gun debate. Coming right back. This is no church answers. We'll be right back. Hey, pastors and church leaders, are you looking to create an exciting program that will attract, engage, and inspire men in your congregation? Book a live Man Up Spiritual Oasis podcast for your next men's ministry event. Called authentic, gritty, and unexpectedly funny, Man Up has been delighting podcast listeners since 2017. We're not pastors, just regular guys willing to talk about scripture and how we can apply it to our personal faith journeys. Man Up is a refreshing alternative to predictable motivational speakers, offering your audience a chance to connect with everyday Christian men who don't settle for routine Sunday school answers. Interested in learning more? Visit man-upspiritualoasis.com or contact Bill Cox at liveshow at manupmedia.org. 
And now, back to the fellows of Man Up. And welcome back, everybody. This is podcast number 280, No Church Answers. If you want to see the uh, bomb that was dropped by Steve, just uh, rewind a couple of minutes talking about how Texans worship guns. I I am going to take the opposite (laughs) point of view and uh, uh, be fresh meat for him. Anyway, uh, number one, I don't have a gun uh, because I, I, just like what Steve said, people get angry. Somebody might uh, use a gun and they would probably use mine on me. And if they're going to shoot me, they need to buy their gun and buy their ammunition and then make sure they shoot me. I have a, a ball bat, though, for protection. And I am absolutely certain if someone... Uh, is in my house, I will hit them with a ball bat severely, and hopefully they'll think just a quick second before they fire the gun, since a gun is much more, uh, the penalties are much more severe. So I'm hoping that I get that little that little benefit, and I guarantee I will beat the crap out of them. But I think Christians, where they come down on the gun debate, though, Steve, is this. And probably a bunch of you guys out there are the same way. It's protecting your family. And as twisted as it may sound, the mere fact that I I can protect them with one gun but man, I really protect them when I have six guns and 2,000 rounds of ammunition, and I know how to use it too. So, and, and I and I get that. I get where you're going with as far as uh, worshiping the guns, and we're certainly having you know a huge deal with with the debate on it. And but like I've said before, and I'm going to throw this out again. Technology first, then comes the laws to retard the technology, and then you have the moral questions. It's one, two, and three for everything. So, with that, I'm just uh, I'll, I'll put it out, Mike. If you want, if you want to attack Steve on the gun thing, go ahead. <laughs> would, you, would you hold him down? <laughs> right, right, right. Well, you no, ain't gonna, I, I, you I, ain't gonna win. No, no, no. no the, uh, uh, Steve brought up a good point. There are. It is a good point, though. That yeah, that do worship gun. Uh, I, I my dad had a, had a couple guns, uh, shotguns that had gold inlay on them, and he was so proud of those. Okay, one of them was a diamond daily. Uh, so yes, you can you can hold those up in high esteem, and you can put your your well being, your identity into those things. But we can do that in almost anything today. So let's 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 go back to this. And and your statement is Texans worship guns. No, not all of them do. Which Bill just confirmed that he's not one of them. I don't worship guns. I don't carry one in church. Um, and, it, and to me, it goes back, folks, you got to watch last week's podcast. I believe it was last uh-huh. week's podcast. The question was, can a Christian watch a horror movie? Okay, and we went into that, and, and Steve says, I can. None of us criticized Steve for that. None of us said, oh, you're weird. Okay? Right. To each person, his own identity and his own ability to worship Christ and his own and his own ability to walk with Christ, and whether or not something will affect his walk with the Lord. Okay, we know that pride is the biggest thing; it's what caused Satan to fall from heaven. So, wherever your pride is, that will be a stumbling block to a Christian, and can be. Let's say it can be, not always, but it can be. Well, the problem that a gun has is this. It will artificially elevate you to a position that you did not earn and do not deserve. It will elevate a civilian vigilante to being the police chief of the area when he wasn't elected, he wasn't trained or anything. So that's the that's the big problem. Um, with the guns, and if you, and I, I hate to endorse anything, 
But I'm going to just tell you, if you're out there watching, there's a um, a show on the Discovery Channel called The First 48. And what it is, is it ha- they have embedded film crews in Tulsa, New Orleans, Birmingham, and Atlanta, and in Houston also, that follow homicides. And a few uh, weeks ago, I was just happened to be watching it, uh, two guys got disrespected. Disre- we got disrespected on the freeway. They pulled out a gun. Each of them did. Mm-hmm. They killed a guy, his pregnant girlfriend. They were both 17 years old and got sentenced to life without parole. Sad. It is. It is. And and I'll and and actually you did put your finger on it. And but and I'm not I'm not accusing you of no. of where, I'm no, saying just, I'm going back and saying, saying that is a, a blind big, spot. Problem, that is a blind it spot. It is. It is a blind spot that 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 you know, we've got parents who will throw their kids out of the house if they're gay. But they'll go out and buy them an assault rifle. I hope there's not. A, there's some no, no, but I we know not. we know we know, no, no, because because that's acceptable, and I, what I'm whine, what I'm bringing it back to is that as a Christian, you should be questioning everything you think is great, and 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 I'm going to cap off your story because we all heard about it because it was here in Houston mm-hmm. as a, as a point to this whole thing, um, uh, uh, to show you kind of where the cultural values are. This is cultural values. Right. I'm not saying they're Christian values. We we saw a few weeks ago a uh, a there was I guess it was a bodega like a like a convenience store down probably in the inner parts of Houston. Um, somebody walked in, and it appeared they had a gun, and robbed the place. And started stealing money from the the patrons who were there, and now the first news reports said. Well, someone, a customer in the store had a gun and fired back and killed the robber. And immediately, oh, this is great. What a hero. What a hero. What a hero. He saved everybody. He saved everybody. Then more facts began to come out that, well, this guy was armed and he took everybody's money and then he turned around and started to run away out the store. And that's when this guy pulled his gun and he shot the guy five times in the back. And when the guy was down, he walked over to him and then saw he had a toy gun. So he shot him in the head and then walked away out of the store. The police had to come down. And, so, yep. so, and he turned out essentially to, to, to cap it all up. The guy we thought was Charles Bronson was Norman Bates. He was a freak. He was he was a guy who was clearly had issues and he was not but for about 24 hours he was hailed as the greatest hero in Houston. And that's our culture right there. And that's what the uh, what came out was the ugly side. We put our faith in that it's a lie. It's not Charles Bronson. It's not the mighty vigilante. It's not the the hero guy. It's a freaking psychopath. No, I disagree with you. <laughs> but I do think that was, I don't know anything about him walking okay. and shooting the guy in the head. No, he, I know he shot the guy. He gave him a coup de grace. The, the guy. So the guy was the, weak. No, this, no, was no, a, wait, this was a weakness. The guy never walked in there with a toy gun and robbed That doesn't, no, no. The no, thing I'm is, sorry, the Steve, thing is, I let's, do you know, you, but do you know what, do you. The guy, other guy is, has some mental problems if he shot the guy when he was down. And if he shot him more than once, okay, right, the, that's that's a problem. But I'm not. But we're I not, we're not arguing it's a problem. What I'm pointing to is that the, this culture was ready to make him a hero, until the the, the facts came out. But before yeah, I mean, anything, it, he was a hero. And the question is, as Christians, in that first 24 hours, do we pile on with the crowd saying, yeah, 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 or do we say? This guy answered violence with violence. 
I think this guy, you know, this guy escalated a situation. He was not a peacemaker, and he chose. He did not confront when his life was in danger. He waited until after the threat had passed. And then we've got to ask ourselves: when the culture stands up and says this guy is a hero, do we stand with him or do we say? No, this is not something my Lord and Savior would buy into. I still still agree because there has been a number of robbers that turn around and kill the people they rob when they should have left. And you don't know that this guy was not going to turn around and shoot somebody in there. Okay? You don't know that, Steve. You can theorize. Mm -hmm. You can can infer it. But you don't know. And, of course, it turns Mm -hmm. out later he has a toy gun. You're absolutely Mm -hmm. correct. I saw that part. But you don't know that the robbers aren't going to turn around and kill some of the people in there. You don't know that. But he, he knew he the, at what point when he did it, that threat did, had yeah, passed. Right. I mean, and, and the, so, so I'm saying, yeah, I, I'm saying you're, I'm not, I'm, I'm just saying this is an example of the gun, of the secular gun culture that Christians need to be careful about buying I into. I would okay? agree with you. I would agree with you on that. And the AR three, mm-hmm. AR fifteens. I didn't mm-hmm. know any parent that has bought their child no. one if they had. All right. I, I exaggerate, they, but they if did, you, okay, kid, parents would let me let me rephrase that. Parents who who uh, who would throw their kids out of the house because yeah, they're I, gay I, I, would probably be very proud of them if on um, you know. They saved their money up and went out and and bought a handgun. You know, I would um, <laughs> and 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 would make here. Here's half the give them half the cost back. Yeah, and good for yeah. you. Yeah. Good for you. I would really like to say that Steve is totally wrong, <laughs> but I actually know somebody that is in this church whose child is an Olympic shooter. We have an Olympic mm-hmm. somebody that, and, and it's a kid too. It's not. It's not an adult. It's a. It's a. It's a kid and apparent apparently he's pretty awesome i I mean i haven't Mm -hmm. seen it but you know i know so and and i agree with that and here's and as we get down to the end of this podcast i want to do my own little um little wrap up and takeaway and that is this yeah i heard the story that steve's talking about and i had people try to goad me into making some kind of stance but you know what i have no stance i wasn't there it's not, I, I, I don't go to Taquerias, okay? And do I have to have an opinion on everything? And so, and so what I'm telling you out there is this. Pick your battle. Pick, pick what is meaningful for you. Obviously, this particular angle and story is pretty passionate to Steve. And he gets passionate about it. And I get it, you know, because some, some things are. To me, what I'm passionate about is, passionate about is this. That while you're out there on your spiritual journey, understand this: you're, you're to work. Is it? Is it? The, the the gift comes at the end, you know. But you're on that journey, and work and enjoy and enjoy the journey that I'm because honestly, you picked it. And with that, we're going to go around the room one more time. And uh, Professor Koshu has a an excused absence for work. Of course, we're going to get the uh, slip from his wife to make sure. But anyway, I'm going to start with the judge. A couple takeaways from you. All right, folks. Uh, we, 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 we have so much here we could have addressed. And Steve wrote this in, in the format. We could get into a whole bunch of different things. But a uh, point that we didn't really get into, folks, is what in the world does, does Peter mean when he says, desire the milk of the word? desire the milk because we know and if you've studied the bible at all and listened to our podcast you know that paul is very critical about uh the corinthians whom he deals with and has taught them and created helped the church get created there he goes back and and he gets mad at them because he says i taught you milk years ago and you're still sucking milk right right he says how second grade? Is <laughs> it, you're still in second grade? Yes. yes leave the bottle right. of milk alone. Right. You say that uh, that some of you say that you follow me, and some of you say that you follow Apollos. And don't you know that Jesus is your cornerstone? He's the one you're supposed to be following. So he tells him. So Peter tells us, desire the milk of the word, which means study the word itself, folks. 
study it and ab abide by it and learn by it. And, and also, folks, other things you can get into that'll, that'll strengthen you. When, you. when you're finished with the milk, if you love the Lord, you will desire the fruits of the Spirit. You will desire to know the Bible itself more and more as you get into it. Like I said earlier, boy, if I had been aware of, 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 of how much everything involved with uh, being a Christian is, in, in other words, Christ, we bring Christ into everything we need to. He has to be the focus of our life. Then I, I might have thought second had second thoughts about following, but I, I, that's not true, honestly. I just know Serving the Lord is a vast, vast life, and it is a vast target. It's a virtuous target to hit. And if you're going to, when you want to move on with your life from milk, you want to seek the fruits of the Spirit, you want to study the Word, you want to look for Holy Spirit guidance, and you want to fellowship with other Christians, which is why we come to Sugarland Baptist, because, as the guy said earlier, you will get confirmation, you will get encouragement, and you will get wisdom and advice from other Christians whom you fellowship here with at the church. And uh, Bill, we'll leave it at that. Excellent. Uh, Steve Titch. Yeah, and um, I was picking on the I was picking on guns, but that's that's because that's a <laughs> cultural thing here. When you when you become a Christian, and I Peter is exhorting this, you've got to look at everything in the world as kind of corrupt or definitely worthy of question. So here we can question, in our culture down here, we can question our worship of guns. Um, but up north, I, I, there, there are people who worship the idea of government. Let's have a, I'm a Christian and I support all these government plans because the government plans will do this. No, you're putting your faith in another institution. You're, 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 you're putting your faith in this. Um, you're putting your faith in something other than than God, than Christ, and and that is you know where that that's the big test, and and the and the hard part isn't oh well I don't like this 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 so that's easy that's impure you might even be right about that, but look at the stuff you tend to get defensive about which is what we saw just here in my little demonstration. Look at the stuff you get defensive about immediately. I, I love I love talking about it. Robert isn't here, so we won't. Uh, I love when, when I get into a discussion with some of the people in our church about the implications of oil drilling in the Gulf, and that it's incredibly, incredibly um, destructive to the environment. Boy, do you get defensive. My point isn't that it's necessarily bad, automatically bad. The thing is, is if you f are drawn immediately to, uh, by knee-jerk, defend something in your life when it's attacked, because it's kind of important to you, think about where it stands and if you're making an idol of it. Hmm. Wow. You love your son. You, love yeah. your son, you defend your son, you? <laughs> right? And yes. I defend my children. <laughs> that's Armory. I know that's he's a, not an knife eye. in the back. <laughs> <laughs> but I don't get knee jerk. Yeah. I mean, it's, yeah. not, it's not a. <laughs> and that's awesome. And thanks so much for tuning in. This is No Church Answers. And once again, thanks so much for all our sponsors and supporters. And on behalf of Steve Titch, our producer. Michael Cropper. My name is Bill Cox, and our podcast is available Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcast. So please rate it and uh, leave a review. And you know, if you have a question or comment, you can go to our Facebook page or www.nochurchanswers.com and you can post it there. And if you're unable to attend a church, check out Sugarland Baptist Church streaming service. It's on Facebook, YouTube, sugarlandbaptist.org, and starts Sunday at 9 45 a.m. So and when you're ready, we encourage each and every one of you to join a local Bible-based church. Bleh, easy for me. Easy for you to say. Not me. Uh, why local? So you'll go and participate and find a small group ABF, which is Adult Bible Fellowship or Sunday School class, that you can join for small groups discussions like this. And find one that is men only. And if there isn't one, start one. And don't take any church answers. <laughs> we'll see you next week. You've been listening to No Church Answers, the weekly Christian podcast for men. 
Tell us what you think. Leave a comment or review. Want to know more about us? Then visit NoChurchAnswers.com and our Facebook page. Check out our video series on our YouTube channel. You can also become a patron of No Church Answers by visiting our Patreon page. No Church Answers is a production of Man Up Spiritual Oasis Media, which is solely responsible for its content.